Welcome in to the Wisports.net podcast. Once again, joining you. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager and football editor at Wisports.net. It is a fun, fun time in high school sports and, of course, specifically high school football as we are into the final week of the regular season. We're only a couple days away from the craziness that is the Friday night and Saturday of the final week of the high school football season as we find out the 224 teams that will qualify for the 11-man football playoffs, the eight teams that will qualify for the eight-man football playoffs. We find out what groupings are going to be. We find out where teams are going to be sent. We find out what the seeds are going to be, what the path to state for every team that qualifies for the playoffs will be. It is a fun week. It is a busy week. It is a week that is not without some controversy often as teams or coaches or fans quite often, to be honest with you, don't like where they were sent, what their seed was, why I went this way, why this other team went that way, why I don't have an easier path to to state. But ultimately, it's here. It's time. It's a fun time, and it's, it's an exciting time. On the Wisports.net podcast this week, we're going to bring in our first guest since we launched this podcast last month. We'll be talking shortly with Wade Lebecki from the WIAA, get his take on what the week is like for him, what some of the challenges that the WIAA faces when they are putting together the football playoff qualifying field, uh, some of the things that they look for, some of the uh, things that they are looking out for already, some of the scenarios and situations that may be coming up that will impact how things go for them and how things are put together for the playoffs. So we'll talk to Wade in just a, a moment on the WSN podcast. Uh, don't want to completely ignore some of the big games on the schedule this week, and there are a number of big games. If we first turn our attention to some of the matchups between highly ranked teams, some of the matchups that might determine conference championships, I think uh, this is a great week for those kinds of games, which sometimes get lost in the shuffle of all of the hoopla and all of the uh, craziness that is the playoff qualifying process. Sometimes we lose sight of some of the great games that determine conference championships. But in the CWC large, we have Iola Scandinavia squaring off against Amherst. Both teams were in the state title games last year. Amherst won it in D5 for the third time in a row. Iola Scandinavia came up short against St. Mary Springs in D6. Iola's ranked number one in D6 this year. Amherst is currently third in Division Five after they lost to Springs earlier this year. That might be the game of the week, and I think it will be the game of the week once I put together the actual poll here a little bit later this afternoon. In the Badger South, Watertown and Monona Grove, even though Watertown went down to Oregon last week, they can still get a share of the Badger South title if they knock off Monona Grove. In the Mississippi Valley Conference, Holman had a game lead heading into last week, but were shocked by Sparta. Onalaska held off West Salem, and so Holman and Onalaska will square off this week with the Missouri, excuse me, Mississippi Valley Conference title on the line. 
Homestead has already wrapped up at least a share of an 18th straight North Shore Conference title, which is amazing. One of the most ridiculous feats in state history, right up there with Stratford six in a row, Kimberly's 70-game winning streak, whatever else. Uh, but the Highlanders can secure an outright title this week as they take on Slinger, who's only got one loss in conference play. Slinger can get a share of the title if they get a win. In the Midwest Classic Conference, St. Francis and Lake Country Lutheran are both undefeated as they meet up for the title. Lakeside Lutheran and Lodi. Lakeside has a game lead after Lodi was knocked off last week by Lake Mills. Edgar and Stratford, always a, an incredible small school rivalry. Perhaps uh, certainly two of the most storied and successful small school programs and programs in general in the state of Wisconsin. Abbotsford and Loyal, they've played in week nine for a share of the conference title, I think a couple times now in the last few years as they are uh, going for the Cloverwood title. And then how about a few games that, uh, oh, and also, I'm sorry, Northern Elite and Crivets for the MONLPC Small. And a couple big games that, that will impact playoff qualification as well, but are just interesting in, uh, in themselves also. Stevens Point and Fond du Lac. Stevens Point needs to win to get into the playoffs. Last year, they beat Fondy in Week 9 to get into the playoffs. Fondy remembers that. Fondy hasn't forgotten. Fondy's looking to stay undefeated and carry momentum into the postseason. And then Reedsburg and Baraboo, the 131st meeting between those two teams. And how about some games that will impact playoff qualification, not only for the teams involved, but potentially for other teams as well. If you look at the playoff situation, if teams get in that uh, we maybe didn't expect or that we didn't project, maybe they, they get to uh, a 500 conference record or they get to a, a winning conference record, that just leaves one less spot for teams that finish under 500, teams that finish three and four in conference. Dep depending on which of these teams gets in, it could move the cut line as well for many or all of the divisions. Belleville and Marshall. Belleville needs a win to get into the playoffs. So a winnable game for the Wildcats. We had them losing, but I think certainly that's a very competitive game and would not be surprised to see Belleville come out of it. Ozaki and Manitowoc Lutheran. Manitowoc Lutheran needs a win to get in. They're a smaller school, so if they get in, not only do they take, again, a, a bid from a 3-4 and four team, but that moves the cut line potentially for every other division. Serene and Wabino Leona. Serene needs to win to get in. Again, a smaller school that if they get in, adjust the cut line up for all the other divisions most likely. How about games that could adjust the cut line down in a few spots? Sussex, Hamilton, and Germantown. Germantown needs a victory to get in. If they get in, it pushes the cut line down. Elkhorn in Burlington. Burlington really struggled last week. They got running clocked by Wilmot. But Elkhorn needs a win to get in. And they're playing Burlington from an Elkhorn perspective at the right time. Burlington lost their standout receiver, Nick Webley, to a season-ending injury a few weeks ago. Again, last week they really got hammered. So a winnable gain for Elkhorn as they try to get in. They would be in, I think, Division Three, which would push the cut line down for some of the other divisions, potentially. River Valley and Platteville. Platteville needs a win to get in. Oostburg needs to beat Reedsville to get in. Iowa Grant in Cuba City. This is a one of the key swing games this week. Iowa Grant 
needing a win to get in. If they get in, they're in Division 7. Pushes a cut line up for everybody. Benton scales mound and River Ridge. Benton scales mound is 3-3. Three and three. River Ridge, 2-4. and four. If Benton wins, they get in. River Ridge is out. Pretty simple. If River Ridge wins, then they both end up at 3-4. and four. There's a good chance Highland, out of the six rivers as well, could end up 3-4. and four. And those teams would have pretty decent playoff uh, tiebreaker numbers that they could get in as well. So those are a few of the games to keep an eye on this week. If you're interested in what teams might get in and also where the cut lines might end up going. And we have talked a lot about the playoff criteria on our WSN podcast. We've talked a lot about projections. We've talked a lot about how the process works and bring in a guest that will give us the best insight. The the man that, that actually does all of this Wade Lebecki from the WIAA Assistant Director. Wade, I know this is a busy week for you, so appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes to, to join me here. Uh, so what is this week like, and, and especially Friday and Saturday uh, of this week, as you look at putting everything together for the high school football playoffs? You know, it's interesting. It, it, our, our other parts of our job never stop. So Monday and Tuesday have been a lot of work in areas and everything but football. And that seems to happen a lot this week because I still have the eligibility and still see the waivers and, and do that that stuff as well as getting ready for wrestling with the skin fold measurements going on right now and uh, the wrestling season starting to get, get rolling. So it, it's really an interesting week. Um, to get going but it gets really exciting this time of the year you know on Wednesday Thursday and Friday as we're leading up I, I just got off the phone with um, uh, an AD that to schedule a, uh, ho- a seed meeting that's going to be hosted uh, by video uh, because you know the travel is going to be so far in the division one so I've asked Hudson to go ahead and host that meeting so she can go ahead and depending on which group they go in we can prevent the travel, you know, for Hudson or the other groups to try to get to that seed meeting. So leading up to it, we do a lot of that little planning like that. Um, you know, the northern area is so wide, we set up uh, some video meetings. Eventually, we're hoping to get to video meetings for all of them. But right now, we're slowly getting a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And then to throw a wrench into it, we've got the eight-player as well. So that's a new experience for the eight-player coaches, but it's also another division. So... That's what we're doing leading up to up to uh, Friday. Uh, this last week, Todd's been going ahead and, and updating our <clears throat> conference uh, standings and stuff, going through confirming all of the conference champions. We have to go ahead and get all of the <clears throat> conference uh, uh, decision makers involved when we have ties. So he's been doing that. Our IT guy has been... <clears throat> doing his preliminary and as as you know we found out the independents had to be put into the field so he worked on, on addressing that issue that it appears to be fixed so we're in the field for qualifying teams that area has been been fixed so we just go through and try to find any of the of the situations that are going to arise for friday night and really on Friday, it's kind of relaxed around here because everybody's uh, in the playoffs is so focused on their games, uh, the phones actually kind of stop ringing for most of the day. And then about 4 o'clock, you know, it's really quiet, and we get set up, and, and we convert our website so the links are more convenient for the people who want to get to those various uh, pages. 
because we also have state tennis going on and we also have you know other sports going on where we need to go ahead and have that uh, available for uh, the website available for those people to get to so there's a there's quite a bit of traffic that hits it and i'm sure you guys realize that too on friday nights your your traffic just goes up so dramatically right. that you we we want to make sure that things are are usable and we don't get shut down and i remember when i first got here the traffic would be so great that the the, the servers would go down and uh, we've been able to throttle the traffic up and down in order to accommodate Friday night. So uh, leading up to up to Friday night, that's kind of where we're at. It's busy here, but <clears throat> kind of being get a little quiet. Uh, <clears throat> I will go out and, and observe officials and get out of here just to get the nerves a little bit, you know, evened out. And, you know, observe a couple of football games that are in this area. Usually we get here about 830, and then uh, we, we start taking those scores. And then uh, we're gonna, you know, we want to try to do a better job of making sure that those are accurate. Uh, we have one late score here that might affect us, which is going to be, you know, Oshkosh North playing a, with an eight o'clock start, and uh, you know, the score gathering leads to the rest of it. So, how much sleep do you get <laughs> this weekend, Friday night or, or Saturday, or is it uh, kind of a an all nighter and, and get right back at it? You know, it, it, there's not a whole lot. <clears throat> it's gotten better. Uh, it, we used to come in here. You know, so after we could gather the scores, <clears throat> we'll be about 11 o'clock, and then we'll put our field out, and you'll put your field out, and, and I will admit uh, I do go ahead and compare ours with yours. I want to make sure that, you know, I want to double-check. We don't, you know, this is very important that we get it right, and uh, and getting it right does make, you know, we have to cross-check it. So uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not afraid to admit that. Uh, we will go ahead and have that done probably, I would say, about 11.30 is about when we've normally had that done. Uh, we tell everybody midnight, expect that. Then uh, as, as the qualifying fields out there, we have staff members in here who will take our maps, and we still do it by hand, and they put all the divisions out there, the 32s, and they will highlight the unbeaten conference champs and then highlight in a different color the conference champs and then we will sit down there and, and uh, go through the maps. So we have Dave in here, Todd, myself, and then uh, coming from the Coaches Association this year, I believe, is Len Lutke and Al Minner. And uh, we'll go through the maps and try to put them in their groups. And once they're in their groups, uh, then we have to put them into the computer and then get those announced and out. So that's usually about 1.30. I think I usually will get back to the house about 2.30, and then I'm back here at about 8 o'clock. So I'll get toss and turn for a little bit and then get about four or five hours of sleep and then get back over here because of the seed meetings on Saturday. It's quite, it's quite uh, you know, it's amazing because they'll fall asleep about 7 o'clock, wake up the next morning at 7 o'clock. So it, it, it does, it's, it's draining. Yeah. Uh, so what is the toughest part of the whole process? Is it getting all the information in and figuring out the qualifiers? Is it drawing the maps to figure out what the groups are going to be? Is it dealing with the coaches that might not be happy with where they got sent or how their seat is? What's what's the the toughest part of the whole process? You know, when I first started this uh, 10 years ago, this would be my 10th one, um, it, the, the difficult part was making sure that you got the criteria right. And, and, you know, they really paid attention to that travel because remember in the olden time before seating, the highest seed got the closest team. And, you know, once Google Maps came around, then they were going down to the quarter miles and, and that. 
now we don't have as many issues with the the groupings. They they seem to have caught on to the way that we do it. More and more people are understanding the maps. For me, the most stressful area is making sure that the 224 is correct. So, you know, getting the scores and getting those right, you know, you, you get the scores, some of them enter them into our computer. Last year, the issue was that we had a school that entered their score in, but they marked it as a non-conference game. And we didn't catch that. By them marking it as non-conference, it put a different school in rather than them. So that's where I cross-referenced with your list, and, and we were able to determine that, uh, hey, that game was wrong. But that's the most frustrating part or stressful part for me. Uh, with the maps, it's pretty, you know, this is how we've done it, this is what we do, and out you go. Uh, coaches have laid off of the um, groupings. I don't think we've had a whole lot of concerns about that. Uh, so every now and then I'll get an email uh, that'll say, well, why did you do this? And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just answer it right away via the email. But, uh, you know, I think it was about four years ago where we had a situation where, um, you know, somebody wanted to be in a group more southern Milwaukee and wanted somebody else to go up. And uh, we generally we don't go ahead and, and consider anything other than the fact that we've split up the unbeaten conference champs. We try to evenly split the conference champs, and we go by geography from there. And uh, we'll use past practice if we get into a situation where we're not sure, you know, which is a better route to go. So that's kind of what we do. So I'm comfortable with the maps. And with five of us looking at the maps, uh, it, it, you know, and two people who aren't from the office, who I believe are impartial, that that kind of uh, that's not as stressful for me. How much you mentioned that you try to get out to a game, you try to, um, you know, keep up a little bit. But how much during the season, and especially this time of the year, do you follow where teams may fall? What some of the key things or scenarios that might happen uh, on Friday night where the cut lines will be, teams that might be close to moving up and down, how you know how groupings might be playing out in your mind. How much do you follow that as it goes on or do you just kind of wait till everything plays out and, and then take a look at it from there? You know, I really wait until, until everything falls into place. Like I said, today I'm, I'm spending more time looking at the, the one group to see in, the, in each of the three divisions to see where they're going to fall um, because the division one when you include hudson in there and the nearest is either madison or green bay area that you know plays into our, our seating hosts and we have to make sure that we've got somebody ready in the past i always had wausau west host two of them division one division two and then everybody knew they were going there now I'm, I'm, we're doing the video with division one and two and we're going to try it with three up in that area so that's what makes it a little bit easier, but you still have to do some some thought processes on, on okay, who's going to be in there? You know, right now it'd be convenient if Stevens Point were in there because they're in the middle and they could host if somebody wanted to do in person. But Stevens Point is playing Fond du Lac, so you have to take in consideration whether or not they'll be in there. I'm not making a dis I'm not making a prediction on that game, but I wanted to, you know. So I'm going to have Hudson host the the video online that way. Whichever direction this group decides on Friday night that Hudson goes, they can do a video meeting and, and the travel is broken down. I spend more time actually concerned about the eight player because with only eight teams and with eight player, that's really spread out. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out, you know, okay, what if this, what if that? And, you know, that, that one goes by geography first. 
and the second one is to split up the undefeateds. But if, if it uh, is playing out the way I think it is, you, you could have both undefeateds in the same geography or geographical group because you can't, you know, send a group, uh, Florence all the way over to Luck. Um, we done we did that in Division, I think five, maybe eight years ago or whatever. But that's quite a haul. So uh, we could end up with Luck and Newman in the same group even though they're undefeated because the first criteria is, is geographical considerations for excessive travel. We're talking with Wade Lebecki, the assistant director of the WIAA, getting some insight into the playoff process and, and what this week will be like uh, for the WIAA. Um, how, how far along are you on determining neutral sites for level four or even some of the potential level three games? Is that something that you have in mind or set now? I really don't, Travis. Um, in level four, getting so many more of the um, turf fields, it's made life a lot easier. And uh, just uh, you know, so I do go ahead and I'll touch base with them after the level one because that that's when I really start looking and start getting into which sites are going to be potential um, neutral sites. When it comes to level three, we haven't been doing many sites that aren't um, home. Uh, the only ones that, you know, like I said, is is, is Hudson and, and, and Menominee and Hortonville to Menominee. We've made them travel. Um, so we really haven't done a lot of sites that aren't aren't uh, at the home site. Uh, I try to avoid that in, in level three. The coaches uh, said that they wanted the higher seed the host, so we try to honor that. And if it's, uh, say, it's Hudson and Bayport, and Bayport's got the better record, then we would move that game. But we're, we, we would not move that game much further. We... We don't go neutral in level three. We just <clears throat> reduce travel. So like when Bayport went to Hudson and they, we reduced the travel, they played at Chippewa Falls. It wasn't played in the middle at a neutral site. It was, it was just closer with a host who could host it. So level three, we tried to avoid that. I've been working on level on the championship game for eight player, but once again, that's to be determined. So, you know, you, you have to try to play out, okay, if, if it's Newman and and the Green Bay or Florence or Oakfield, then that game would be held in Green Bay. Can't be held at, New at DC Everest because Newman, that's their home field. If it's going to be Luck and the Green Bay school, then that's going to be DC Everest. So I've lined up DC Everest. I've, I've been asking the schools in Green Bay if they're willing to host a level three state championship for eight player. Um, but the four levels four, I, I will start working on that as soon as the, uh, level two is over. And then once I have that, then I send out the scenarios to all the schools so they know that if uh, Hudson and Arrowhead are playing, they're going to be at D.C. Everest. If, if Hudson's not in there but it's Bayport and Arrowhead playing, they're going to be in the, in the Fox Valley somewhere. So I do send out scenarios, but that's after level two. Obviously, there is a, a pretty significant conference realignment proposal coming down uh, soon with the WFCA uh, proposed changes that doesn't actually change any of the qualifying process for the playoffs though all the the criteria and the process stays the same going forward are there any playoff changes criteria or or otherwise that you would like to see or that you think we might see in the next few years well, i think we might see the fact that once this conference realignment goes in and if it's implemented by the board in 2020 and the board's going to look at that in march 1st um I do anticipate the coaches bringing forward that you have to have seven conference wins. And the, the main reason for that is with the scheduling 
relief that's brought on by this plan of, of conferences with eight or seven teams in them, and the seven teamers would be crossovers, that we would have seven conference games being the requirement for uh, playoff uh, qualification because all of the football schools will be put into a conference if that plan's implemented. So that's the one that I think that you might see. Um, I haven't heard anything from the coaches on any other playoff um, concerns or tournament procedures. We'll see how this ha how this works out. Um, you know, with the with the football only plan, I think I think that's going to be a good good uh, improvement in football if it passes. All right. So one final question before we let you go: How many emails and calls do you get from? fans and just general supporters about their team seed or placement or how far they've got to travel how how often do you get those from non-school affiliated people a lot more than i do with the schools <laughs> <laughs> i just got one last night at about uh, 9 30 uh, from somebody who's a concerned citizen that wants to know if the football playoffs in level two are going to be go on as planned if the brewers are in the world series in game threes on that friday night um, the answer is yes we're going to play as normal um, the Major League Baseball didn't call and ask us if that was all right to play on that Friday night. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we get those calls a lot. You know, and I don't, you know, most people probably haven't looked far enough out, but uh, I believe the Packers are playing on uh, state championship day when the Division Four state championships being played on that Thursday night football. So, uh, you know, we don't have time. Uh, we don't have opportunities to go ahead and, and avoid those, but we get those types of calls. We will get the calls as soon as the travel is announced and if seeds are announced on why are we going all the way from here to there that's too far for us to go how can you you know we'll get those all the time and we will get questions on seating but you know that one's easy to answer that that's the way the coaches felt that the teams needed to be but that's probably the during the playoff season that's the most influx that we'll get and and it usually is right after the the seed meetings are announced on saturday uh it'll it'll happen through the first weekend and then after each round It'll happen after after the wins on Friday night, so it, it, it's kind of interesting. Those emails are fun. Yeah, better better you get them than I do. We get plenty of them too. <laughs> well, they're they're always interesting. They're always interesting. Yeah, everybody's got uh, their take on it and how they think it should be and how it's unfair for them. Uh, that's why we we created a few years ago the uh, the annual our team got uh, hosed over uh, generic form that people can just fill out and put their complaint in and then they can just hold on to it and not have to bother you guys or bother us about it. Uh, Wade, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, again, I know it's a busy week for you uh, with a lot going on, not only in football, but as you mentioned, getting ready for winter sports and, and handling everything else that you do. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, and uh, we can't wait to, uh, to get to the playoffs and, and see you down in Madison. Sounds good, Travis. Appreciate it. And that is Wade Lebecki, the Deputy Director of the WIAA, joining us on the WSN podcast. I misspoke earlier and referred to him as the Assistant Director. He is the Deputy Director of the WIAA, and he and his staff have a big weekend, a big week, not only with football, but as he mentioned, there's a number of other sports going on right now. There's state tournaments going on right now, and there are preparations underway for winter sports also. So busy time for the WIAA. We'll uh, get our podcast wrapped up here shortly, but before we do, we've got to get to a couple weekly features. First, our stat of the week, and I mentioned it earlier. I messed up and should have saved it for now, but 131. That is the meetings between Reedsburg and Baraboo 
after this week. This is the 131st meeting between these two schools, the most played rivalry in Wisconsin history. It is a uh, rivalry that has been going on since 1900. It's been played every year since 1919. Got a chance to talk with Jeff Searing, who was a uh, uh, newspaper guy in, in Reedsburg, about this a few years ago. He wrote a, a great article on our site, kind of detailing the history of this rivalry. Um, you know, he, he talked about some of the big games in it, uh, talked about how, you know, in the early days it was, uh, you know, back in 1900, if you, if you think back, it was difficult just to get to games, to play games, even schools that are only about 10 or 12 miles apart. Um, you know, the, the travel wasn't uh, exactly easy back then. So just uh, interesting hearing some of those stories. And those schools play for the Old River Jug, been awarded since 1983, I believe. Uh, so one of the many great rivalries in the state of Wisconsin, and again, the most played rivalry, 131 meetings coming up here between Reedsburg and Baraboo. For my rant of the week, uh, have to kind of get on some folks. Um, act like adults. I was at a, 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 I go to games every week, obviously, and I was at a couple games last week, and you know, sometimes uh, I'm down on the field and, and don't necessarily hear some of the stuff that might be said up in the stands or come out of the stands or from uh, from the, the fan section. But uh, I was at a game last week where there's no track. The, stand, the, uh, the crowd is literally five yards off the field. And no matter where you go, you can hear every single thing. And I have to tell you, it was uh, uh, eye and ear opening experience to be that much closer to the stands some of the things that come out um just disappointing would be a good way to put it talking uh hearing people talk about uh not only officials which you kind of expect um but you know yelling at players from their own team yelling at coaches from their own team yelling at players and coaches from the other team yelling and, and being rude and inconsiderate to uh, a group of young six, seven, eight-year-old cheerleaders that were on the field for a halftime performance and, and allowing their kids to say negative things about uh, some of those uh, girls that were out there. Just a, uh, a disappointing thing to hear. Um, hopefully that's an exception, not the rule in most places. But please, when you're at a game, when you're at a sporting event, it's high school athletics. These are many of them under the age of 18, the, the players that are performing on the field. The coaches that are out there are, are working with the kids. The officials are out there uh, doing their best to uh, ensure that the games can go on, as, as some of my officials' friends like to say. Without officials, it's just recess. Act like an adult. Act like this isn't the biggest thing in your life. High school sports is not the biggest thing in your life. It's not the biggest thing shouldn't be in the lives of the players themselves even. Remember that it's a game. Remember that it's a sport. Enjoy it and, and act like adults, please. Act like adults as well and don't email or call the WIA and complain when your team gets a five seed instead of a four seed or whatever else it might be. There's no... Uh, no reason for you to call in and, and bother them uh, or email them uh, about 
something that you're upset about when, quite honestly, you're probably wrong. You're probably either factually wrong and incorrect or don't understand the actual process, don't understand the rules, don't understand the criteria, don't understand uh, what is actually going on. So act like an adult when you're at the games. Act like an adult and not call and, and contact the WIA or, or me or WSN complaining about this, that, or the other thing. Uh, let's, let's be the adults here. With that said, it's a great time of the year. It's a fun time of the year. Get out to a game this week. Get out to a game in the playoffs. If your team goes out early, if your team doesn't make the playoffs, try to get out and watch another game in the area. It's a really fun time. I think if you get out and you watch games as a unconnected fan, it can be really fun, number one. Number two, you can learn some different things. Number three, you can uh, maybe see that things aren't as bad as you think. Uh, not every official is out to, to get your favorite team. Um, not every opposing team is out to hurt your kids. Uh, it can be an enlightening experience to get out and see some of the other games that maybe don't involve your favorite team. Either way, get out to a game, support uh, the athletes that are out there on the football field, get out and support the other sports that are going on right now as well. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net. You've been listening to the WSN Podcast. We'll see you next week.